Well, hello, Ms. Kapow. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Well, thank you, Brother Kapow. Today's date is July 22nd, 2019, and we continue our study in Ezra, chapter 7, verses 102 through 140. Mmm, nice. You know, we left off, it's been a couple of weeks, because we did another show last week in Romans, which was real good. But where we left off, we were talking about, uh, Ezra was asking the questions about what happened to the dead, the unrighteous dead, when they died. And you remember there was like six, uh, six things, you know, that, that he went, the angel went over and, and described to him what happens and things mm-hmm. like that. It was pr- pretty interesting stuff. Well, this week... We are starting uh, with the answer to the question again, but he's talking about um, the righteous, the judgment, what happens at the judgment for the the righteous and not the ungodly. So we don't have, this is a little different. What we've done through this whole study in four Ezra's, or you might say, uh, you might say second Ezra, or fourth Ezra's, or fourth Ezra, second Ezra's. It's the apocryphal book mm-hmm. of Ezra. We we found it to be fascinating and very biblical as far as tying in biblical scriptures in the New Testament, especially mm-hmm. the writings of the apostles, with a lot of the doctrine and concepts that are found in in this book. Mm-hmm. This week we're going to read these verses and not go and do a whole lot of scriptural support because the verses themselves kind of speak for themselves. And uh, so we'll go ahead and give commentary on it and things, but we're not, we're not doing what we normally do where we break everything down and footnote everything. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, and I just wanted to clarify uh, the last show. There were uh, seven ways and then there were six or seven orders. Oh, that's for the, um, the ungodly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Cause it's been so long. I kind of forgot. Yeah. I thought it was, but it is seven, seven. Okay. That's a good show. So if you haven't listened to that one, please go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. And that'll be helpful real quick before we get started. Just for the month of July, we have a free ebook giveaway. I know nothing in life is free. You always have to give something up for free, but this ain't that. This really is free. Um, we're not gathering your email. We're not gathering information. We don't care. <laughs> no. um, Smashwords, you know, when you open an account with them to get the books, they, they probably gather your stuff. I don't know to send you stuff on Smashwords. But for us, no. Uh, we have five books. Fate of Holiness, written by Pamela Telgenhoff. Excellent book. We wrote the forward to. And a really, really good book about what's happening. Today, we have Christianity of Blasphemy that we wrote. Uh, Idolicide, the killing of idols, helps in your Christian daily walk. The most hated book I've ever written, Martial Arts, A Biblical Perspective. The uh, martial art community, uh, Christian martial art community, absolutely hate this work. Mm-hmm. Once you read it, you'll find out why, because I expose it. Anyway, and then uh, The Wisdom of Death, Six Paths to Understanding Loss and Grief, the ebook edition about bereavement first book i ever wrote 
So those five are free on smashwords.com under our Fifth Hook Media publishing site. But to do it easy, just go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K media.com. Right on the splash page, I have a link that goes to the Smashwords publishing page of, of ours. And just get those five books, put them in your cart, and on checkout, the discount of free will be applied. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. Um, also, the new song, I've Become a New Man, has been released. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Google Play, Napster, Deezer, Weezer, you know, you name it. It's everywhere. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. And uh, I'll play the song at the end of the show. I've been playing the song at the end of the show. So if you're interested in that and you want to part with 99 cents, you can purchase it there. It's a song about good biblical change in a person's life. And I wrote it for Miss Kapow and I, exactly what uh, we've been going through. Because mm-hmm. you come new men. New men and new creatures in Christ. Amen. Praise All right. God. Yes. Okay, Ms. Pal, I shall begin, and if you will be so kind and start reading, and then I will blab in my gums whenever I need to. Okie doke. I'm going to read from 102-103 for right now. It says, I answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, show further to me thy servant, whether on the day of judgment the righteous will be able to intercede for the ungodly or to entreat the Most High for them, fathers for sons, sons for parents, brothers for brothers, relatives for their kinsmen, or friends for those who are most dear. I'll read on. Okay. He answered me and said, Since you have found favor in my sight, I will show you this also. The day of judgment is decisive and displays to all the seal of truth. Just as now a father does not send his son or his son his father, or a master his servant, or a friend his dearest friend, to be ill, or to sleep, or eat, or be healed in his stead, so no one shall ever pray for another on that day, neither shall any one lay a burden on another. For then every one shall bear his own righteousness and unrighteousness. Okay, this kind of blows the whole doctrine of the, you know the Mormon doctrine of praying uh, for souls after death, Definitely. baptizing them in the Mormon Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know a few years ago some moron, morani. The angel Moroni, the moron, baptized Hitler and and his girlfriend uh, (laughs) to get out of hell or purgatory, whatever Mormons go after uh, they die, Uh, which is just a total doctrine of demons and a doctrine of stupidity. There's just, it's not based, it's just dumb. Uh, Catholics have purgatory where uh, you go into this in-between state. Is that correct, Ms. Capel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, your loved ones could light candles for you. Yep, pray for you. And uh, how do they get you out of purgatory if they're just like, you know, I think they buy indulgences or something. Uh, but so they, they do pray, and yeah, I'm not that familiar with it because I never did it. But it's something to that effect. So uh, they buy indulgences. So if they pay money to the Catholic Church, they can buy their loved one out of hell. So. Obviously, if you're a biblical Christian, you know that simply isn't true. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, I, I'm not so you know so much sure that if there's any evangelical Christians or 
you know, I know they're not biblical, but evangelical Christians who may believe they can get their loved ones out of uh, hell or something by praying for them. Um, I'm sure there's some kind of heresy out there, but that's absolutely not true. Once that bell rings, and that's why it's so important uh, to find Christ while you're still alive and choose you this day, today, not Mm -hmm. tomorrow, but today. Because once that bell rings and that life exits the human body, there's no going back. And now you're dealing with eternity. So these few short years that you have here, even if you're you live to a, a ripe old age of you know seventy five or eighty, you're not going to be longer than ninety or ninety five. Let's face it, and uh, most of us will probably die well before then from some kind of you know weird uh, flesh eating bacteria or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But um, it's a it's a very few short years here compared to eternity, and sometimes it's really hard to keep focus on that. But that's why it's so important to keep and stay with eternal mind. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, the angel is, is speaking in behalf of God. He's a messenger of God. So he's telling Ezra that on the day of judgment, it's final. There is no interceding. The righteous cannot intercede for the ungodly, no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he said, you know, there's no parent, there's no brother, there's no a master that can send his servant, a father can't send his son. No one could send somebody else to be sick for you Mm -hmm. or to sleep for you. I can't send Miss Kapow to go eat for me or be healed in my stead. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not, it just can't happen. So it's the same thing on judgment day. Every person will bear their own righteousness or unrighteousness. It's what you did. You can't, you know, your mom and dad ain't going to get you out. Yeah, we have to work out our own salvation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have uh, two scriptures here that will support this too. In Deuteronomy oh, twenty four sixteen, it says, Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. And each one shall be put to death for his own sin. And then, uh, let's see, Ezekiel eighteen twenty says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father. No, the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Well, so what we read in Ezra is totally Old Testament biblical. Mm-hmm. Totally. Pretty amazing. So let's read on then. Okay, starting with verse 106. It says, I answered and said, How then do we find that first Adam... Abraham. I'm sorry, Abraham, prayed for the people of Sodom and Moses for our fathers who sinned in the desert and Joshua after him for Israel in the days of Achan and Samuel in the days of Saul and David for the plague and Solomon for those in the sanctuary and Elijah for those who received the rain and for the one who was dead that he might live and Hezekiah for the people in the days of Sennacherib, Cherub and many others prayed for many. If therefore the righteous have prayed for the ungodly now, when corruption has increased and unrighteousness has multiplied, why will it not be so then as well? Any, oh, should I go ahead on? Or? Oh, I'll go ahead. So the question is, is, Ezra then wants further clarification. He said, well, and he gives all these examples. You know, mm-hmm. Moses, you know, first Abraham prayed for the people of Sodom. 
Um, we don't read that in our, our biblical text, um, but we know that Abraham had to go rescue Lot right. and um, was a collaboration of these, I think, five other kings to go to, go to war with him. But it says here that he prayed for Sodom. So, you know, take that, whatever that means. And Moses, for our fathers who sit in the desert. Now, we do know that biblically. And Moses interceded for Israel. And Joshua did for Israel in the days of Achan when they, when Achan brought the Babylonian um, robe, mm. was it, in the tent, uh, when he should have destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. Samuel, uh, in the days of Saul, when he disobeyed. David for Israel on the plague. Solomon in the sanctuary. And he goes on and on about Elijah and all these different biblical figures. And the question is, there's so many people that prayed for a lot of other people, you know. So if if the righteous have prayed for the ungodly now in this life, when it's so corrupt and unrighteousness is is all over the place, you know, why can't the righteous then pray for the souls after death? Mm-hmm. So that's the question. He's still going, I, I don't get it, you know, if we were able to pray now. So if you have a, you know, a mother that prayed for you, you know, why you you were a rebellious uh, teenager or whatever. You know, that's you. You were fortunate. You had somebody praying for you. If you have good friends or uh, the people here on Kapow Show, uh, you know, I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but Miss Kapow has a prayer team. Yeah, uh, she actually has people from all over the world that want to do prayer and that actually do pray. Yes, and they do. So it's one thing to say, "Oh, I want to do this." And then they don't, mm-hmm. but they actually do it. So uh, I don't know how often do you do this. Once a month, once a week, you do a prayer list or a prayer. Uh, I do. I send out a prayer list every month, but sometimes during the the month, you know, other things come up, or we get a praise report, and then I'll do a, you know, then I'll send something during the week or whatever. So but she has, they all get a, a once a month a prayer prayer request. request. So she has a little group there, and then um, so like if you were to contact the Kapow Radio Show and go, brother Kapow, pray for me, you know, um, you know my hair's falling out, whatever. Then you know we'd pray for you. We we actually do. But then I'd, hey, Miss Kapow, look, I got this prayer request. She'd put it on her list, send it out to her team, and they would actually pray in your behalf. So it's important. Yeah. Um, having said that, if anybody's listening, that feels called to do that you know you don't have a whole lot going on and you want to dedicate this you feel a a a calling to do it you know and you and you want to help out and pray for other people just uh email linda Mm -hmm. at um (laughs) oh yeah no no yeah kapow Kapow, i'm sorry linda at kapowradioshow.com or fifthhookmedia.com, you get a hold of us there. But Linda at kapowradioshow.com. All right? Yep. Ooh, okay. So um, anyway, so it's important that today, while we're still alive in this age, that you could pray for other people who are not saved. That's or right. who are saved but are having problems or right. getting vexed by demons, right? Mm-hmm. Pray for their behalf. Amen. Right? So, um, uh, go ahead. Okay, so now, verse 116, it says, And I answered and said, This is my first and last word, that it would have been better if the earth had not produced Adam, or else, when it had produced him, had restrained him from sinning. Could I cut you for a second? Yeah. Did you miss 
I thought we left off at 112 or 113 or something. Oh. Um, okay. Well, I, I must have marked it wrong. I'm sorry. If therefore, uh, let's see, uh, I stopped at 111. If therefore the righteous have prayed for the ungodly now, when corruption has increased and righteous has multiplied, why will it not be so then? And then 112 says, he answered me and said, the present world is not the end. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. And he answered me and said, the present world is not the end. The full glory does not abide in it. Therefore, those who were strong prayed for the weak. So he answered the question. Mm -hmm. This is why... David prayed, this is why Samuel for Saul, this is why Moses for Israel, is because the present world, what we live in now, is not the end. Tells you right there, it's not the end, it's not eternity. The full glory is not in this present world. Mm -mm. That's why it's okay to pray for everybody now. Yes, and if you're strong, you pray for those who are not so strong. Amen. Amen? Okay, Mm -hmm. 113. All right. But the day of judgment will be the end of this age and the beginning of the immortal age to come, in which corruption has passed away. Sinful indulgence has come to an end. Unbelief has been cut off, and righteousness has increased and truth has appeared. Therefore, no one will then be able to have mercy on him who has been condemned in the judgment or to harm him who is victorious. And I answered and said, This is my first and last word that it would have been better if the earth had not produced Adam or else when it had produced him, had restrained him from sinning. So right here, it's being explained. The day of judgment, the bell rings. It's over. There's no more. Uh, And it is the beginning of the immortal age or eternal, eternal life. Eternally, either eternal life in damnation or eternal life in uh, blessedness with our father and the reason why is that corruption has passed away there is no more sin there's no more corruption it's done sinful indulgence is over there's no more unbelief you cannot you know say i don't believe in god anymore that's it's done righteousness will increase truth appears and at that point there's no one else will be able to have mercy on anybody that's condemned to judgment there's nothing you can do about it. And of course, n- nobody can also harm those who, who, who are victorious in it. Amen. Um, so then Ezra, you know, you got to love Ezra because he's asking all the hard questions mm-hmm. that we, we all want to ask. He already asked them. I love this guy. And he's like, hey, this is my first and last word, okay? So I don't know how that could be his first and last, but uh-huh. you know, that's what it says. It says that it would have been better if the earth had not produced Adam. In other words, if if we didn't even start this mm-hmm. game, you know, why are we even here? Why did God even create man? You know, uh, he said it would be better or else when it had produced him, if Adam come, that he had been restrained him from sinning. Why was he able to be beguiled when Eve was beguiled by the serpent? You know, we've all, we've I I know I've asked questions like that. Sure. Like, wouldn't I think it be everybody be, has at some point? And... Yeah, wouldn't it be better if you know there was a you know souls up in heaven or whatever that hadn't found bodies? Wouldn't it be better just not to do this whole thing? Uh, and here's the answer to that uh, in one seventeen. For what good is it to all that they live in sorrow now and expect punishment after death? 
Oh, Adam, what have you done? For though it was you who sinned, the fall was not yours alone, but ours also who are your descendants. For what good is it to us if an eternal age has been promised to us, but we have done deeds that bring death? And what good is it that an everlasting hope has been promised to us, but we have miserably failed? Or that safe and healthy habitations have been reserved for us, but we have lived wickedly? Or that the glory of the Most High will defend those who have led a pure life, but we have walked in the most wicked ways? Or that a paradise shall be revealed, whose fruit remains unspoiled, and what in which are abundance and healing, but we shall not enter it, because we have lived in unseemly places? Or that the faces of those who practice self-control shall shine more than the stars, but our faces shall be blacker than darkness? For while we lived and committed iniquity, we did not consider what we should suffer after death. There's a lot there. Mm-hmm. But he's, um, you know, Ezra's just heartbroken about this, that all this stuff is promised to us, eternal life. You notice he said um, healthful habitations. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The habitations or you're, you're not disembodied. You have a tent and when your spirit leaves. You're, you're being held in uh, restful repose until the day of the resurrection. And then you get a, a immortal body. You'll be like the angels, better. Um, but you have healthful habitations there. Jesus said, I leave and I go to my father. Uh, and there's many dwelling places there. And I go to prepare one for you. And if it wasn't so, I, I would have told you. I would have told you it wasn't so. So here, here you go. You have that. So Ezra is, what good is it? You know, if, if an eternal age has been promised to us, but all we do is, is sin to bring mm-hmm. death, you know? Uh, what, what, what good is it if we have everlasting hope that's mm-hmm. promised to us and then we, we, we miserably failed because of Adam? Sin was brought into the world, right? Mm-hmm. By one man, sin and death were brought into the world. Yeah, for we all sinned and fallen short of glory of God. We're born in that. And uh, he was like, or the glory of the Most High. You know, we're promised the glory of the Most High will defend those who have led a pure life, you know, on the end. Mm-hmm. But we have walked in the most wicked ways. Uh, or that there's a paradise. The fruit is unspoiled. Mm-hmm. It, it could cause healing. But we can't enter it because we've lived, you know, uh, wickedness. Mm-hmm. And so he's just lamenting all this stuff. It's like, while we're living, we're committing all this iniquity. And we never considered that we should suffer after death. We, you know, we didn't know. We're just blindly, you know, born and just going through life. Um, and so this is his lament. Mm-hmm. All right. So continue with 127. And he answered and said, this is the meaning of the contest, which every man who is born on earth shall wage that if he is defeated, he shall suffer what you have said. But if he is victorious, he shall receive what I have said. Okay, stop right there. This is pregnant Mm -hmm. with so much meaning. You know how I always refer to this place as either a prison planet or a probationary. Proving ground. A proving ground, Mm -hmm. a testing ground. You know, I I always use that kind of language that we're, we're down here in this very difficult matrix this phony system created by these fallen angels 
And I always talk about how we have to work our way out of it. Mm-hmm. And when I mean work, we don't work for our salvation. That's provided. But we have to exercise our faith. And we have to show ourselves approved. Mm-hmm. The Lord. We have to show that we trust the Lord. Amen. Use our faith, uh, our belief. Exercise our spiritual gifts of discernment. Uh, we work out our own salvation. And we walk in holiness. We walk in holiness. We walk in the spirit. And we don't do the things of the flesh in the world anymore. That's right. So I always talk about like this stuff. I mean, Ms. Kapow, I we've always used this kind of language. Well, here it is. Here it is right here. And the angel's telling Ezra, this is the meaning of the contest. The contest that we're all born into, that we have to wage. Everybody, not just you become a Christian and enter into spiritual warfare. You enter into spiritual warfare from the day of birth. Mm -hmm. It's a contest. Paul the Apostle used a lot of wrestling and sports kind of... uh, Contending. Contending, yes. Language to talk about this, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're contending for the faith, right, Ms. Kapow? Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. A lot of that kind of language of a contest. And that's what this is. And once, I think once we all start getting that in our head, even though things don't totally always make sense, you can always rely back on it's temporary, Mm -hmm. it's probationary, and it's a proving ground. And we got to hold on to the truth. Yeah. We got to find that narrow gate and hang on to that. So it's really, really pregnant what he what he says yeah, what he says definitely. that, and then he says you know that if the person born is defeated, right? He he doesn't overcome in the contest. He's defeated by Satan, the system of Satan, the beast system, demons, lies, all of that. If he fails in this proving ground, he he will, he will suffer what Ezra has just said. Mm-hmm. He actually will experience all that stuff. You know, because Ezra was putting himself in with all these other people. Why? You know, we we're promised eternal life and we're just going to die anyway. And remember, this is written way before Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, about 2,400 years before Christ. And it makes you appreciate what we have in the atonement yeah, and how we can understand that now. And Ezra, Ezra was like, hi, you know, he couldn't get his head around this. And so the angel says, those who are defeated in this contest will, will be exactly what you said. But those people who are, are victorious, right? Overcomers, you know, in revelation, it says, uh, you know, they overcame, Mm-hmm. They overcame him with the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. That's how they overcame him. And they loved not their life unto death. Yes. And that's being victorious. And it Mm -hmm. says, those who overcome, who are victorious, who are Nike, he shall receive what I have said. That's what? Eternal life, peaceful habitations, immortality, right? Mm-hmm. The fruit of healing, you know, on and on and on. 
Uh, and then you can continue with 129. Yes. For this is the way of which Moses, while he was alive, spoke to the people, saying, Choose for yourself life, that you may live. But they did not believe him, or the prophets after him, or even myself who have spoken to him. Therefore there shall not be grief at their destruction, so much as joy over those to whom salvation is assured. Okay. So the angel continues and he goes, like he said, we're in this contest. Everybody's born in this contest. There's those who overcome and those who are defeated in life. It's just simple as that. You have the you have the chance, but some make it and some don't. Matter of fact, few really do make it. And then he goes, he goes, this is what Moses was talking about. This is the way of life. This is the way your brain should be operating when Moses was alive. And he told Israel saying, choose for yourself life that you may live. And I believe the scripture says, uh, Ms. Kapal, mm-hmm. it doesn't say, choose ye, you know, this day whom you're going to yes, serve. Yes, Joshua. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Choose you life or death. It's, it's, it's black or white. There's no purgatory. There's no middle ground. There's no like almost getting there. And, you know, I don't have to live in a mansion with, uh, you know, gold streets. I, I could just be in a corner of heaven sweeping the floor. It's, there's no such thing. Choose for yourself life that you may live. Amen. Moses was imploring the people, choose God. Choose righteousness. Choose to obey his commandments. Yes, Choose yes. to believe and trust in him so that you can live yes. eternally. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in here. I don't know if you noticed, Mr. Capel. There's nothing in here about being easy. No. <laughs> you know, it's just easy peasy to believe and you're good to go. And you're happy clappy. You got your salvation. You said your little prayer and go on your merry way. Hey, we, you know, the, the Lord said that we're no better than he is, you know, in this, in the, in the respect that if he suffered, we must suffer as well. Mm-hmm. And boy, did he suffer, mm-hmm. right? Even well before the cross, he suffered from day one. Yes, he did. Being persecuted by his own people, by the religious leaders. They accused him of having demons. Mm-hmm. They accused him of being insane and crazy. He didn't have a home, and he certainly didn't have a mega church. No. He didn't drive a nice uh, cart. Didn't have a donkey. There's some idiot there who said that he was rich because he had a he rode in on a donkey, and that was like a, what a Lexus in that day or something. That's what he, he said. Yeah, I think it was Copeland. And I'm thinking, well, if you would have read the scripture, you'd realize that wasn't Jesus' donkey. He, he had his disciples steal it from some other guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm being facetious, but. You know, he, he he had prepared it for his use. And, um, oh, he, he did a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. And what is it, Ms. Kapow, when you pick up your cross? Yes, you pick up your cross. You deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. Yeah. And that's that's the the burden of, of denying this world, denying yourself. When you pick up the cross, it's... It's simply it's it's the symbol symbol of his death. Mm-hmm. You in fact have died unto the Lord, just like That's the right. Lord died in this world. So you do also. Mm-hmm. And the cross is just a reminder that we have died and we're dead to sin, but because Christ 
raised was raised from the dead in a seat at the right hand of the Father. That means when we died with Christ, when he rose, we also rose with him and are seated in, um, in the heavenlies where Jesus is. But the cross is to remind us that we have died to sin. We have died to self, and now we live unto righteousness, unto God. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. But guess what? Israel didn't believe Moses. Neither Moses nor the prophets after him, or even myself, who have spoken to them. This is the angel, right? Uriel speaking on behalf of God, saying, or even myself who have spoken to them. They didn't believe them. Uh, Revelation says there'll be no unbelievers that will, will enter. There'll be no cowards, timidity of spirit. Mm-mm. Um, if you're not bold in your faith, it's just not going to happen. No man could please God without faith, without trust, without belief. So these people just didn't believe them. A lot of people don't believe it. And it says, therefore, because of these things, no one's going to cry at their destruction. There's not any grief. They're going to be destroyed on Judgment Day, and there's not any, no one's going to shed a tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to They're not going to shed a tear so much as joy over those whom got the salvation. Uh, the joy's going to outshine the grief that these uh, fools who rejected God are destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's not a very, it's not a humanistic philosophy here. It's not everybody gets to heaven. Every good dog goes to heaven. It's not like oh, I just believe if you do the right thing and you know and you don't harm people that you know you can. God's gonna see that. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you think. I don't care what people think. It's just it doesn't matter. The truth is. You either follow God and you follow his commandments or you don't. Yeah. It's like, let every man be a liar and God be true. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, Ms. Powell, I think you know where you're at more One, than I do. Mm-hmm. 132. I answered and said, I know, O Lord, that the Most High is now called merciful because he has mercy on those who have not yet come into the world and gracious because he is gracious to those who turn in repentance to his law and patient because he shows patience towards those who have sinned since they are his own works, and bountiful because he would rather give than take away, and abundant in compassion because he makes his compassions abound more and more to those now living and to those who are gone and to those yet to come. For if he did not make them abound, the world will, with those who inhabit it would not have life. And he is called giver, 
because he did not give out of his goodness so that those who have committed iniquities might be relieved of them, not one ten thousandth of mankind could have life. And judge, because if he did not pardon those who were created by his word and blot out the multitude of their sins, they would probably be left only very few of the innumerable multitude. And that ends chapter 7, and then we'll go into 8 next week. But so Ezra ends with praise to God. Mm-hmm. Praise to God, because now he, he understands that now. You know, and he says, oh, Lord, you know, most high. Mm-hmm. I understand why you're called merciful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there's people who haven't even yet come into the world yet, and, you, and you're showing mercy. Instead mm-hmm. of just wiping it out at Adam or just destroying all sin and just being done with it, you're showing mercy on the souls that, that are coming. That's and you and gr- me and our listeners. Yeah, that's us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And God is gracious. And who's he gracious to? Everybody? To no, those who turn in repentance to his law. Yes. And this is key here. Mm-hmm. Turn in repentance to his law. And that's why a Christian cannot continue in sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as unpopular as that is today, where people... You know, as long as, you know, Joe Olstein and what's his name, Carl Lentz of Hillsong and all these guys, as long as they come in, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. If they're lesbian or homosexuals or, or, or transgender, who am I to judge? I just want to get them there. And then God will deal with the sin. And that's just not right. No, it's not. And, and, and they're not doing those people any favors because mm-hmm. they're leading them into eternal death. Yeah. If you just be honest and say, folks... You have to repent. Mm-hmm. You've got to turn in repentance to his law. And he he will he will get rid of those demonic influences in your life that prevent you from serving him correctly. Right. And it's not an easy road, but it's an eternal road. Because the easy way is broad and big, and man, everybody's there. Mm-hmm. You know? You want to be different, you want to stand out, you want to be an individual, follow God. Right. And so he says, and, and God's patient because he shows patience towards Which those is who loving, have sinned. Love, um, um, what is it? Love suffering? A long suffering. A long suffering. Yeah. Loving, you're getting loving kindness, a long yeah. suffering mixed in, <laughs> which is good. Love suffering. But it's true. He's patient, long suffering, or Miss, Miss Kapow and I wouldn't be here today talking. Yeah. You know, if he just whacked sinners at the first chance, we would have been whacked. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and why why is that he's patient? Ezra, or the angel says, since they are his own works. Mm-hmm. Ezra says that. Since they are his own works. They're, we're his creation. Mm-hmm. And God is bountiful. Because he'd rather give than take away. If yeah. he had his brothers, he'd rather give you eternal life and your loved one's <laughs> eternal life right. than take it away. Because the scripture says that he, he doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because God so loved the world. Yes, right. And he, he goes on, he says, and God is abundant in compassion. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And he makes his compassions even more abundant, more and more to us right now living and to those who are yet to come. 
you know, in Ezra's day, he sees a lot of people coming from his time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's compassionate. And it says, for if he did not make them abound, right, his compassions, mm-hmm. if God didn't make his compassions abound, the whole world, with everybody in it, could not have life. Because you're born into sin. All of sin to come short of God's approval. Yep. And that's how important it is of what Christ did in giving his life. It's vital. Like we talked about last week in Romans, it's vital that you you understand that and faith in that. Yep. And that he rose. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that now we have his righteousness and therefore we are righteous because of Christ Jesus. Nothing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Nothing we're doing. We're working out our salvation. We're working out of this probationary period. We're contesting. We're fighting. But we already have been saved. Yeah. And that's he why did the cross, it. the work on the cross is complete. Amen. Complete. That's truth right there. Mm-hmm. And Ezra says, and God is called giver. Mm. He's called giver because he did not give out of his goodness so that those who have committed iniquities might be relieved of them. He didn't just like, well, you know, if you're going to go ahead and sin, I'm going to look the other way and whatever. He says, not one ten thousandth of mankind could have life if he did not give out of his goodness. Mm-hmm. I, I have to correct myself. I, I think I, I missed I missed the double negative there. <laughs> He is called giver because if he did not give out of his goodness so that all of us sinners might be relieved of sin, not one ten thousandth of a, of a man would have life. No one would. Yeah. And, and he says that God is also judge. He's a judge because if he did not pardon those who were created by his word, see, he created mankind. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't pardon us and blot out the multitude of sins there would probably be left only very few of the innumerable multitude and what we know the answer to that is that there'd be no one left you know absolutely no one it's a very Uh, sobering thought yeah yeah i mean we would have destroyed each other long long ago so i mean that's it ends in a very uplifting praise to God and kind of shows us really top-down relationship, does it not? It about does, yes. Who we are to Him. See, and it's important that we understand that. How does God view you? You know, we could get wrapped up in the worship of God, which is we should, you know, who God means to us. But what do we mean to God? Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that we are His creation. And he is compassionate and patient and merciful and has done tremendous work to get us to come home. Amen. And we got to get on the bus. We got to get there. Okay. We got the ticket. We're just waiting for the bus. All right. We're not wandering around. Mm-hmm. We're staying there. We're steady, stable, waiting for the bus. All right. So we'll start with chapter eight next week, Ms. Kapow. Yeah, and uh, he's still talking about the same topic, so it'll just continue on then. But, all right. uh, righty. Sounds good. All right, give him a cha-cha. Out it is.
change man. 